the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. And good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming along for the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. It's a uh, snow-dappled landscape out there. Frigid temperatures this evening. Hold on mm. to your hat, right? Uh, Kath and I are both uh, broadcasting from our homes in the wonderland of Zoom for various uh, COVID reasons. We're both mm-hmm. healthy and strong, and so are our families, so that's a whole other story. But, uh, Kath, how are the temperatures in the homestead? Upstairs, where I have the new windows, mm-hmm. just fine. Mm-hmm. Downstairs with the old windows, the original windows to the house, quite bad. Really? This sounds like a commercial. Telling you. Mm-hmm. Bad downstairs, cold downstairs. It's so cold down there. Yeah. It's and, just so, you know, I just don't want to be there. And upstairs, is it like 105? It's not 105, but like I'm, I'm not in a turtleneck and a blanket and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and remember when we were broadcasting from home during COVID, um, it was before we had our new windows. I know it does sound like an ad, but I'm just being honest about what it was. And you remember <laughs> how I had to wear that heat belt? Oh, the heat belt. <laughs> Listen, Christy, you weren't here then, but Eric, mm-hmm. it was so cold up there that Eric bought me this battery powered heat belt. You could like wrap it around your middle, right? And it would warm you as you, because I was standing for the broadcast at that point. It would warm me as That's I stood. That's horrible. I need that. Seriously. It's good. I, I should bring it in because I'm not using it now since we have new windows. It's not the so cold. heat belt. I mean, I bet that's sad. not what it's called. I'm no. just. Wait, guessing that that's not what they named it. Christy, why do you need it? Uh, you tell me the basement's cold? The basement's very cold. Milo was cold? shivering this morning. I had to put his little hoodie on for him. Milo? That's the dog. Poor little mm, guy. He's shivering. He was shivering. So while you're here at work and you're warm, the poor dog is sitting alone shiv- shivering? No, I leave the heater on for him. Right. Oh, because he's sweet and needs a heater. He does. Yeah, he's only 12 dog. pounds. You know, he needs a heat belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you were only 12 pounds, you'd need some insulation too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. It's a busy news day here in the world. And so, Kath, as we always do, let's get underway. Won't you please give us the top news stories, the top four yep. at four. All righty, people. Mm. For Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. Number one. A U.S. Navy F-35C Lightning II combat jet conducting exercises in the South China Sea crashed while trying to land on the deck of an American aircraft carrier, injuring seven sailors, the Navy said today. According to CBS News, the pilot was able to eject before the aircraft slammed into the flight deck of the USS Carl Vinson and then fell into the water. Can you imagine how terrifying of a scene that must have been? Those guys. But... Thank God the pilot was safely recovered by helicopter. Seven sailors, including that pilot, were injured. Three evacuated for medical treatment in Manila. Two American carrier strike groups with more than 14,000 sailors and Marines are conducting exercises in the South China Sea, where Chinese pilots have been flying toward Taiwan on a near daily basis. 
Number two, London's Metropolitan Police have launched an investigation into who? Well, <laughs> and why? Into British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and the gatherings he held at Number 10 Downing Street, the official residence of the British Prime Minister, which may have violated coronavirus lockdown laws. Mm. I'm reading here again from CBS, John. Amid calls for Johnson to resign, even from members of his own party today, the cabinet office's report was widely expected to be published this week, but its release may be delayed. You know why? Because now the police are investigating. Yesterday, fresh allegations of another party, a birthday celebration for Johnson himself in June, were reported by British broadcaster ITV, who also said Johnson had hosted family and friends in his residence later that evening. Now, when he was having the party... Here's the thing, because what's the big deal about a party, right? You want to have a birthday party, you want to have your people there. Well, the reason it's a big deal is at that time in Britain, in the whole UK, people from more than one household were not permitted to meet indoors. But groups of up to six people were allowed to gather outside and be social distanced. Essential stores were open, but all restaurants were closed. Bars were closed. Hairdressers all remained closed, along with all the schools. And just the week before, wait for it, Johnson had given a press conference asking the country to continue to, quote, follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, this is my favorite part. Johnson has already admitted to spending less than half an hour at one outdoor gathering that month with food and wine. He said he believed it was okay because it was, quote, a work event. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, aren't politicians the the best work event? The headline politician accused of hypocrisy. I mean, (laughs) that's so shocking. That's like that's got the longest shelf life of any you know headline in the world. Number three, speaking of, President Joe Biden planning a Friday trip to Pittsburgh. The hey. White House has announced the trip says the location wasn't specified and the time wasn't specified either. But the White House said Biden would be talking about strengthening the nation's supply chains, revitalizing American manufacturing, and creating good-paying union jobs. The president will also be touting the bipartisan infrastructure law he signed in November. It'll be his second visit to our fair city since becoming president. Back in March 2021, he unveiled the Build Back Better plan during a visit to the region, and we all know how that turned That out. did not go well. Surprise, he's coming back for that. That is a surprise. That did not go well. Now, number four. The School of Communication at your alma mater, John, the Point Park University, will celebrate its very first Myron Cope Day, February 7th, celebrating the Yinzer broadcast legend in Lawrence Hall. Three panels, John, will include a look at his career as a print journalist, broadcast journalist, and radio color commentator. The event concludes with, are you ready? This is my favorite part. Myron Cope's sound-alike competition (laughs) at 12.15, wait, which includes a heat for high school students. Wait. And a chance to win one of five $500 scholarships. There's a second heat just for people who attend the event and want to try to impersonate Myron. Mm-hmm. That's going to be held on site. Now, look, Myron's been dead how long? Uh, what do you think? 15 uh, years. So nobody, I mean, if you're, you got to be 40 years old to remember Myron. Wait, can I say, can I say, and that's your top four at four? Oh, thank you. Please do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christy, do you remember Myron Cope? Yes, I do. What? Nice. How do you remember Myron Cope? I don't. I just. I don't know. I remember. I'm, I think my parents always just listen to the radio. Yeah. There you go. Okay. They had good taste, Myron. Because yeah, what, he was. He. What a talent, John. Don't you? Th- I mean, oh, just what massive a, talent. What an unbelievable talent. 
Oh my Here's gosh. A and a terrific, sort of, right. A terrific writer. Yeah. I mean, he backed into his broadcasting career because he was such an excellent writer, right? Yeah. I mean, national publications, you know, Wall Street Journal, Sports Illustrated and whatnot, and singularly the oddest voice in all of professional broadcasting. <laughs> right? With an odd face to go with it. But he was unbelievably, uh, I mean, I loved listening to him, didn't oh, you? Oh, me too. Yeah. Steeler broadcasts were excellent because of my yeah, cope. They sure were. You know, I have a signed letter that he sent to my mom. Really? I sure do. Mm. I did yep, commercials she, with him. Did and how was was that unhinged? I did a commercial with him and Sophie Masloff for <laughs> for of all places appliance warehouse. The three of us were in studio together. I can't <laughs> believe that they let you get a word in edgewise. Oh, all I had to do was the tag. That's what they hired me for. Oh, that's good. That is so great. Yeah, the open and the close. Anyway. That was the highlight of your career. You just didn't realize it at One the time. Scenario, really, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, what's uh, what's our first guest? Uh, All right, so coming up next, what do we mean when we talk about generational curses? This is something people talk about who read the Old Testament, but also it's kind of, um, it's a subject that people are talking about in like psychology, self-help circles. What does it mean to break a generational curse? We'll talk about it next. I don't. W-O-R-D. When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. What is quality? This is Greg Trzynski, and in a world where nearly everything is disposable, the original Mattress Factory still builds our mattresses and box springs to last. While other companies have cut on quality, we still hand-build our two-sided mattresses with the highest quality materials in our local factories. That's because we believe you deserve the best mattress to provide a great night's sleep for years to come. Visit an OMF location to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. OriginalMattress.com Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind, then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Join me in my Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now is your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, 
why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Listen, if you deeply desire to be married, but you're still single, you should be doing something about it. Sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The only thing you have to lose is the pain of being alone on your journey. So join me at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Okay, great. That's what I want to hear. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, we are happy to welcome back to our airways, Michelle Van Loon. Michelle Van Loon is a regular guest on our show. She is uh, the author of uh, five books, and uh, we'll talk about her latest, the soon-to-be-released book, as a matter of fact. But today, uh, a subject from that soon-to-be-released book, Generational Curses. What do we mean when we talk about generational curses? Michelle, welcome back. It's a very interesting, a very odd subject, which I love. It's Well, it might be odd for many listeners and maybe not so odd for mm. others, depending okay. on what stream of the church that you're worshiping in. Um, But it grabbed my attention. I was already working on this book, but it grabbed my attention when I was watching a Food Network show. And it's it's called Restaurant Impossible. And the host Mm. goes in and I love that show. I love that show so much. We could do a whole segment just Mm. on that, I think, especially if we could get Robert Irvine to join us. (laughs) But anyway, he he was working with a person whose business was failing, as that's kind of the logic of the show. And they got into a whole conversation on this restaurant renovation show about the possibility of generational curses. Hmm. And it was not just the person who was a church going woman, Robert Irvine kind of jumped in as they were talking about reasons that this business in this location was struggling. And so I thought this is not just part of a kind of a segment of the Christian world. Here it is on the food network and they're talking about it and kind of thinking about how to address it. And it's so Anyway, so when I said, hey, maybe we can talk about this, that's in part where it came from, because even if you're not hearing it in church, you might have heard about that language on the Food Network. So, Okay, so talk about what a generational curse means, because the first thing I I guarantee anyone's thinking is, well, that's not fair. Right. Oh, no, it's it sounds just terrible, doesn't it? And um, there may be people that say, oh, that's Old Testament language. And it you can find it in the Old Testament. You can find it in the Ten Commandments, actually. Um, that's one of the spots in the Pentateuch, in the first five books of the Old Testament, where that language is is used. And it it sounds like, well, if your great-grandpa did something terrible you pay for it. And how does that match the character of God? How does that match what we know of salvation history? That thinking doesn't match, but there is the, it's there for a reason, just like everything in scripture. And I think the, the 
point or the emphasis is that these are, this is descriptive. Mm. It, there's a prescriptive nature yeah. to it, but it's about whether you're willing to learn from the, the errors and the failings of the people who went before you or not. It's consequences. That language makes sense to most of us. Now, in some streams of the church, people dig deep and try to make sure that they've prayerfully renounced all of the things that they know and all of the things that they don't. And it can get superstitious and it Mm -hmm. can get, um, it can make it sound like Satan has as much power in our lives as God does. And um, that's, it's not good theology. Um, God and Satan are not um, equal sparring partners and, um, God has always made a way. And we have stories in scripture of people who had terrible, terrible parents. And then we're very faithful, like King Josiah, you know. And so there there is that picture that kind of balances the language of generational curse and sets it into a bigger context, if that makes sense. That's kind of a long answer to your question. That's good. Okay. So, But I think, Michelle, you know, anybody who has addiction or mm-hmm. some sort of, you know, family violence or whatnot, you know, or they have, you know, um, something that's edifying, that's, you know, that's beautiful. You can <laughs> see that thread from mother to daughter, father to son and whatnot, right? I mean, there's a John Mayer uh, song called In the Blood, which I love, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of, of that same theme. We've got a friend who says, take the best of me, not the rest of me, right? Yeah. I think we're all sort of familiar with that. Anybody who's got a kid, you kind of think, I, I, I don't take that thing of me. You're familiar with your, your parents' uh, shortcomings, and you think, as a guy, I'm never going to do what that guy did. And, of course, then you see it in your son, and you think, it's all part of the same thread. So uh, a generational curse, yeah, I understand why people will talk about it, certainly why it's biblical. Mm-hmm. And the, the issues like addiction or um, repeating patterns of abuse that you know you can see – some of those stories that go from generation to generation in families, there is something to pay attention to when you see repeated patterns over time, you know, of, of broken relationships. You can also see faithfulness that carries like a thread, like you said, John. So both of those are there, but um, the good news is that, um, we are free because of the shed blood of Jesus to be able to learn from those things and um, to be able to address them. Part of it is being aware. If there's a pattern of addiction in your family, for example, you, you need to be hyper vigilant and pay extra attention. That's part of that language of paying attention to how those generational patterns work in your family. So one of the big questions though, and we're talking to Michelle Van Loon, uh, her latest book, Becoming Sage, Cultivating Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality in Midlife. And we'll talk about her her book that's going to come out very shortly um, in a minute. But I, I guess what's, what's so important to me about this conversation is 
the descriptive versus prescriptive thing. And what I mean by that is people are listening. They're thinking, okay, so there's a history of abuse in my family. Mm -hmm. So that means, therefore, in the prescriptive sense that God is punishing me for what you know, the, what I, the abuse I suffered as a kid is because that's what my grandfather did, or that's what my great grandfather did. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of the descript, the descriptive, which is, this is just how things work. It's just an observation on the way that life goes on human to human. That absolutely. Now that doesn't mean that we can um, observe those patterns p- with passivity whether they're Mm -hmm. good patterns or bad patterns, you know, we need to be able to be engaged in prayer and recognizing that Jesus has set us into his family and broken curses. We've that language is there to describe him in the old Testament as well. You know, so we've, we be, we come at this, um, not with the kind of spooky superstition or a fatalistic kind of like, I'm just, I'm just doomed to repeat these patterns. That's not the character of God. He's always kind of flipping the script, but he's calling us into being able to be aware, to participate with him. Um, I, I, I've got a quote that I have to share. I wish I had said this. I'm not smart enough to say all the smart things. So um, I am very grateful for this. This came from the BibleProject.org, um, which is uh, a wonderful resource site. But they had a blog about this topic that said this about as well as anybody could say it. When we observe brokenness within our families and choose a different path, one that aligns with God's redemptive plan for humanity, we can see clearly the loyal love of God. Mm. That as we, as in, you know, fighting gravity, the gravity of patterns in our families, for example, is it can be really hard work, but we're not, we're not doing it alone. You know, we're not digging a whole new foundation and building a whole new, family out of it. God is using all of that brokenness that came before for, for good, for his purposes in our lives. Yeah. I've got a friend who, uh, who's been in Alcoholics Anonymous for a long time. And uh, uh, he, he started bringing his son who was about 12 years of age to AA meetings. Mm. And, and when it, whenever that happened, the kid was so young, there was a lot of discussion. Uh, is this proper for you to do this? And right. the guy was like, you know what? I want, I want my kid to see me warts and all, and I want him to hear every crazy story. So when he's tempted to put his fingers around mm. a bottle of alcohol, he'll think hard about, you know, what he's doing. And these stories that will, uh, you know, engage him here will be that sort of, you know, the panacea to pull him away from that. I thought it was wise. I mean, it was, it was hard justice in a way, but, mm-hmm. uh, but there it is, right? I mean, you live and you die by it. That, that would actually be like one of the greatest illustrations of, you know, whether it works or not, everybody is, is their own child before God. You know, it's not like 
God has no grandchildren. I love that phrase. So that that kid who was sitting with his dad and a bunch of other broken people in a basement somewhere listening yep. to these stories um, was being equipped to be able to break mm-hmm. that pattern, break that curse, and be free from those consequences because they're also carrying the habits of earlier generations that that son with with him. So it's it it's not easy work. There's no guarantees that that story or any story is going to turn out like with a magical happy ending. Mm-hmm. But um the good news is that we're here to be learners. You know, and if you see patterns in your family, in your history, um they're there. They're, some of them may feel like curses, especially if there's a lot of brokenness, disrupted relationships or bankruptcies or, you know, other kinds of chaos that are there. But um, it's not a, a fatalistic kind of. And so this is what will happen to you. And you, right. you're powerless to change that. So. Michelle, I wish we had more time to talk about this. In fact, maybe next time when you come back, we can do part B of it. And maybe oh, I, I don't mean to like drag, you know, all of you know John and my personal stuff in this, but I, hey. John's like, wait, what's happening? No, <laughs> You're dragging but, me where? Oh, no, I've, but, got a, I've got junk to drag in <laughs> discussion too. Don't feel bad. I mean, Here's it's just closet. one of those things that, that really has limited power in theory until you hear somebody really talk about the kinds of things that we have confronted ourselves and the kinds of decisions we've made mm-hmm. um, and the kinds of decisions we wish we would have made. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it's an awareness of, of the stuff that we inherit and the stuff that we pass on. So I just want to thank you for bringing it up. Sure. Yes. Well, there's lots more to say about this. So, um, and all kinds of related stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to our next chat. Excellent. Hey, Michelle, before you leave us, uh, the aforementioned book that's uh, soon to be released, uh, give it a plug. Okay. It's called translating your past. And it has literally the longest subtitle ever, (laughs) Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, Genetic Clues, and Generational Trauma. Sounds like a huge buzzkill, but it is actually a super hopeful book that would be great for individuals or churches to work through. Um, And it talks about a lot more than curses by by miles. So great. Well, we know you well enough, Michelle, to know that it has to be hopeful because you certainly are in your essence. So, Oh, I'm just a burst of sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Thanks, Michelle. Michelle Van Loon, you can find her online. She blogs regularly, michellevanloon.com. We'll take a quick break. We come back. Um, a little uh, kerfuffle at the uh, White House yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Joe Biden and a reporter got into it, and uh, we'll talk about that and um, an apology that was uh, received as well. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. You know what you could do? You could put in a massive swimming pool in your basement and fill it with Skittles. Ah, Skittles. And there'd be a big light-up slide. And you could slide headfirst into Skittle heaven. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. 
And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a Skittle Paradise could also be cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006 towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter Promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com promo code is WORD. When cold and flu season has you down, don't play around. Stay on top of your game with Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Delivering unbeatable multi-symptom relief to help you power through your day. Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One and done. Use as directed. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Hi, I'm Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. I'm excited to tell you about Saving America Radio and Freedom Square, which exists to create biblical citizens inspired for local change. This year, Freedom Square will be branching out to even more churches across America. When we're encouraging Christians across the nation to help us win the culture war and get one step closer to saving America. Be listening to our new program, Saving America, right here. Catch Saving America with Charlie Kirk weekday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 WORD. Two to four inches of snow Thursday evening through Friday afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies and cold with a couple flurries, low 8. Tomorrow, cold with a mix of clouds and sunshine, high 16. Tomorrow night, clear skies and cold with a low of 2. Thursday won't be as cold with increasing clouds and a high of 31. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. person who's ever been around a microphone is afraid of what they call a hot mic moment, which is never something good, right? So a hot mic is a mic that's on, right? And so a hot mic moment, you think, oh, that's just somebody speaking into a microphone and doing a good job. Well, you know, that's not it. A hot mic moment is someone who's speaking into a microphone doing a bad job. Uh And that's what the president did yesterday. So uh President Biden, who's gotten some criticism for not talking to the media, um, has all of a sudden been doing a lot of talking to the media. And I don't know how well it's gone, actually. Uh, He had a moment yesterday where he was taking questions and uh, Steve Ducey from Fox News asked him this question. And I'm not going to we're not going to play the recording for obvious reasons. Um, But the question says, will you take questions from Steve Ducey, Fox News? 
Mr. President, will you take questions on inflation then? Do you think inflation is a political liability ahead of the midterms? And President Biden responded in the in the microphone. I'm not sure if he didn't realize it was on or he just was overcome with I just didn't care. A sense of like I don't give a care. Anyway, he said, "No, it's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid SOB." And I'm looking here on Twitter and I see that that hot mic moment is included in the official White House transcript of yesterday's press conference. Well, so well, they didn't take it away, right? No, did not take it away. So that's what happened. And then after the uh, press con, Steve Ducey, I guess, didn't even hear it at first. Someone came up to Steve Ducey and said, hey, did you hear what the president said to you? And Steve Ducey said, no. And he said, well, this is what he called you. And he said, well, wait, did he use the letters SOB or did he say it? The person said, well, he said it. And he said, oh, well, he said something like, well, I probably am. So I probably deserve it. I mean, he took it very, very well. And then later in the day, the president called to apologize. Wait, called Steve Ducey? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that be, okay. That's good. Oh. Well, he called to apologize, but it was kind of. <laughs> I, I can't judge it, but it seemed from reading about it like it was a little bit of a non-apology apology, which was kind of like, "Hey, you're not going to take that seriously, right, pal?" Kind of he thing. Called him pal. When someone calls you pal, you he know, did call like, him pal. Kind of half-hearted. Yeah, it's like someone calling you chief, right? <laughs> so anyway, okay. So what, what what do you think about that, John? Well, I. I think it's much ado about nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's Washington, D.C. Believe me, that's probably the tamest thing that was said all day. The only difference was it was the president of the United States who said it. But, of course, you know, uh, former President Trump, you know, he said it to reporters. I mean, they got into it regularly. It's just the new landscape that we live in. Or maybe it isn't. I mean, you know, I'm sure this happened, you know, back 100 years or so ago. There just weren't hot mics around to record such things. You know, maybe decorum was a little different uh, publicly. But behind closed doors, people are people. And they're always going to use coarse language. Um, it was good of the president to call to apologize. He cleared Even if he did call him, pal. Well, that's okay. At least he called and said, hey, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, yeah. just uh, going about my business here. Sorry that I said that and hope there's no hard feelings. My guess is the next press conference or the next time they see each other, there'll, there'll be some grace exchange, hopefully between the two of them. Don't you right. think? Or the next press conference will be in six months. <laughs> Because his handlers are going to be like, yeah. get this guy away from the microphone. I mean, look, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, language has gotten so incredibly coarse over the last couple of decades. And that's just the way we live here in the United States and around the world. So why should we be surprised whether it's, you know, from uh, the White House or I mean, you don't want to hear the you know, your pastor be swearing from the pulpit. But, you know, it's uh, sooner or later, it's going to just everything is just on the table and everything is as it is. Right. OK, so it doesn't bother you. Uh, I prefer, I mean, just in the name of, you know, sort of civil society, I prefer that it wasn't there. Yeah. And especially the president of the United States, you're modeling something for the citizenry. Yeah. But at the same time, I I get it. I mean, people are going to be people and they're going to speak frankly, especially if you're, you know, you're that guy and you feel attacked and you're getting hacked off of people. Yeah. You know, you're going to slash out of that. So, okay. I prefer not, but it is what it is. Christy, does it bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. Not even a little bit. No, mm-hmm. I think I've grown okay. up hearing it so much in school that it's just whatever. Right. So it's not as much the it. Yeah, it doesn't even bother. It doesn't even seem like impolite to you. It, it doesn't even phase me. Yeah. Okay. Does okay. this bother you, Kat? You brought it up. Well, you know why it bothers me. Mm-hmm. This it, it bothers me because 
I think we have a double standard when we talk about presidents. And I think it probably has a lot to do with um, with who's reporting it, because it was I thought it was a big deal when President Trump was doing it. And I thought he treated the the the, um, the press. press badly. And pre- the press often treats everyone badly. So everybody yeah, was treating yeah. everybody badly. But it was a really big deal when it was Trump. And all I'm saying is now that it's Biden, it seems like it's not as big of a deal. Well, no, I think, no, I, I disagree. I mean, okay. we're talking about it. I think yeah. the media has talked about it. So it is a big deal, right? But it doesn't seem like it's, is like we're at the edge of the moral chasm, like well, it seemed when, when Trump know. was president. We can stick around and keep on talking about it, you know, <laughs> give it some legs, <laughs> talk about it the next second. I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, right? Tit for tat and, you know, uh, Democrat, Republican. I just wish I would. I, I'm always just looking for people to just be fair. Just report the thing and just be fair. That's all I'm looking for. All right. All right. Yeah. Coming up next. Was Jesus trained by yogis what? or gurus? What? What? Wait, wait. What? That's yeah. the segment? That's next. Was Jesus trained by yogis or gurus? That's what I said. Hugh Ross joins us in just a couple of minutes. One hundred one point five W O R D. I won! I won! Yes! And we want you to win too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes update each Friday. You can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes update mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com/slash/subscribe. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day. Because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners. I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? 
The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as as an individual. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Was Jesus a rambling man? Did he travel? Little wanderlust with Jesus? Did Jesus travel to India and hang out with the yogis and the gurus? Was that why Jesus was so wise? Hugh Ross is with us. Hugh is an astronomer, founder and president of Reasons to Believe, an organization dedicated to integrating scientific fact and biblical faith. His books include Weathering Climate Change and Why the Universe is the Way It Is and Navigating Genesis. But Hugh's with us today to talk about Jesus, the Traveler. Hey, Hugh, welcome back. Oh, thank you for inviting me. So, Hugh, the, the claim is that uh, Jesus was actually a yogi. Um, and I've also heard uh, some kind of long and involved story about how at one point Jesus went to India uh, to study before he actually began his ministry in Israel. And um, so ha- have you heard that before? And if so, what do you say about that? Well, I've heard it for six decades. I mean, even when I was a child, people were speculating about that. Uh, but, you know, as I read uh, Luke chapter 2, it makes the point that every year his parents took Jesus uh, as he was growing up uh, to Jerusalem uh, to celebrate the feast of the Passover. So that really didn't leave him time to go back and forth to India. Moreover, uh, both Matthew and Luke tell us uh, that Jesus' parents were poor because it tells us that they were sacrificing a dove, which is a sacrifice for families that didn't have resources. So he he had neither the means nor the time to ever make a visit uh, to India. And this is confirmed in the extra-biblical accounts. I mean, Josephus and Tacitus uh, both write about uh, Jesus. Uh, One was a a Roman unbeliever. The other was a Jewish unbeliever. And in both cases, uh, we see no instance in the writings uh, that Jesus' family had wealth uh, or that Jesus ever taught anything that was Hindu or Far Eastern, uh, or uh, that he made those kinds of travels. So, Hugh, why would people come up with the the speculation that Jesus would travel to India? As though, you know, Indians themselves, the culture, or gurus or yogis have the corner market on wisdom? Well, I think it's because we see the account of him being 12 years of age in the temple in Jerusalem, and his wisdom mm. is confounding all the people there have been studying the scriptures mm. for three, four, and five decades. Yeah. Uh, clearly, uh, he had a level of wisdom in education, and they said, well, to get that kind of education, uh, he must have gone to some uh, equivalent of a university. Uh, he couldn't have just been a poor, uh, you know, apart from a part of a poor family. There must be something to explain it. And of course, there is. Uh, Jesus was not just a human being, uh, he was God. And so uh, he had capacities for learning the rest of us don't possess. Yeah, and Hugh, I understand the reasoning because if you have already decided, if you've predetermined that Jesus is not divine, 
then you do have to come up with some kind of explanation yeah. for him being as he was as as a very, you know, either young man or old child. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, you know, given what, what was happening there in the temple, I mean, 12-year-old boys, uh, I, that was probably the first time uh, that the priests there had ever run into a child that displayed that kind of theological wisdom. I mean, they were confounded. Uh, but I think that was a little tip-off. Hey, this boy that you're talking to, this is not any mere human being. This is this is something else. Right. Okay. So then, this uh, this thread of what hearsay or fiction or fantasy that Jesus traveled to India. I mean, it, even if he did, which you know you're saying, and of course I believe as well that he did not. That'd be a heck of a journey, wouldn't it? It's a heck of a journey, and for a family with that little means to make that journey, to get to India, to get any kind of education while he's in India, and get back in time to celebrate the Passover, uh, there isn't, I mean, we need to realize they didn't have trains back then or airplanes. Uh, you probably took in, I mean, it would take a whole year to go there and back, even if all he did was spend one day there. So, you know, even for someone who had the wealth, uh, it's not a realistic hypothesis. Dr. Hugh Ross uh, is a guest on our show, founder and president of Reasons to Believe. He's been a friend of ours for a long time, been on the program over the years, one of our most popular guests. And Hugh, I'm going to ask you a question a little out of the box, uh, but it's something I think of when I, um, I don't know, when I contemplate the very small area that Jesus lived in and saw when he was living here on earth. And I just wonder what you think the implications of that are. I mean, this is this, if we do believe that Jesus was the creator, um, was the word, uh, then what does it mean? Or what, what should we think about the fact that his, his footprint here on earth, his physical footprint. So in such a very, very small part of the globe. Well, uh, what you notice in the gospel accounts, his main his means of transportation was his two feet. There's only one instance where we see him riding an animal, and that was on the top of a donkey uh, for a short trip into Jerusalem. Everywhere else, he's walking on foot. So that limits how far he can go. Uh, but what I find strategic about the gospel accounts is we have Jesus coming, and passing on his message to, you know, 12 men at a time uh, when you've got uh, Caesar Augustus putting in this incredible transportation system throughout the Roman world, and a transportation in the Mediterranean. And we talk about Romana Pax. This is a time when Augustus said, I'm not going to try to expand the empire. I'm not going to engage in wars. This is a time of peace. And so... When Jesus had passed on his message to the disciples, it allowed a new change in missionary strategy. Instead of having the nations come to the juncture of three continents to meet the people that had the message, uh, God's new strategy was go out from Jerusalem and Judea into all the parts of the world. And for the first time in human history, that was actually possible, thanks to this amazing system of Roman roads, there are also similar roads in the Parthian Empire, uh, which enabled Thomas to get to India quickly. It was a time of a global peace. And so now we got a new, new strategy. And I think that's what separates the Old Testament from the New Testament. Old Testament, uh, the strategy was, I put you especially at the juncture of three continents 
so the nations of the world be forced to go through your country. This is your opportunity to give them my message. But we see in the New Testament is the message starts from Jerusalem and goes out to all the places of the world because of the new advances in technology. So the question, was Jesus trained by yogis or gurus? Emphatically, the answer, Yen Yu, is no, yes? That's correct. It's absolutely no. If you're walking on foot, you're not going to get very far. If you've got that level of poverty, you're not going to get very far. And the text tells us he obeyed every point of the Jewish law. And if he's obeying every point of the Jewish law, that simply wouldn't permit a trip to India and back or to actually seek out the teaching. You're going to be seeking out the teaching of the Jewish theologians. Hugh, we always love talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today and, of course, so many times over the years. Hugh Ross is the author of Weathering Climate Change, Why the Universe is the Way It Is, and Navigating Genesis, among many others. Check him out at Reasons to Believe. Thank you, Hugh. You're very welcome. We'll take a quick break. When we do come back, a 73-year-old woman knew she was being scammed. So what did she do? She sucked the guy in and called the cops. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. There is hope, but how will they know unless we tell them? Every day, Cornerstone TV bridges that gap, connecting viewers with Jesus and answers for life. Join us for an important moment to launch, build, and fund our 2022 outreach with Jerry Grillo, Keenan Bridges, Bill Themilaris, Mike Smalley, Jay Gilbert, and more. Watch Bridge of Hope January 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com promo code is WORD. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
Angel's Light Addiction Specialists is a beacon of hope for those struggling with substance use disorder. At Angel's Light, recovery begins with the unique dignity and worth of every resident. Their small boutique treatment center approach allows a diverse and experienced staff to focus on putting people first and provide the high quality of structured, comprehensive care necessary to support big life changes. Angels Light Addiction Specialists. For immediate help, click call now on Facebook or visit inpatientaddiction.com. Okay, here's a story. A 73-year-old grandmother was in her Long Island home on Thursday last week when she received a phone call from a guy claiming to be her grandson. He said, Graham, I'm in jail and I need 8,000 bucks to help me uh, post bail. But there was one problem. Uh, her kids were way too young to be able to drive, which was part of the reason the scammer said he was in jail. So she decided to swindle the, uh, the swindler. She knew he was a real scammer. And I knew that he wasn't going to uh, scam me. So she played along. She invited an apparent bail bondsman to pick up the cash from her house. She handed instead an envelope that was stuffed with paper towels. The police were in the house. When the guy showed up, took the envelope with paper towels, they ran out of the house and they tackled the guy and said, you're under arrest. <laughs> that is epic. I mean, what the heck? Okay, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. No, back up. So she knew he was a scammer, but was she 73 years old? But she 73 had, years she, old. Yeah. yeah. She, and the guy said, hey, Graham, I'm in jail because I've got a drunken driving charge. Well, oh, her but her grandchildren, her grandchildren are too young. Yeah. Okay. So, so she was like, well, there's no way. My, my, my grandkids are like 12 years old. That'd be a heck of a leap forward. So she calls the cops and she says, hey, here's the scammer. And yep. can you come over and we can do like a little scam on the scammer. Yeah. Right. So the cops were happy to sort of, you know, play along because you hear this all the time. I mean, uh, people are duped all the time. Uh, there was a story last year, an 81 year old guy from Mexico. Uh, he was called up and said, you know, would you help me pass along some information? He was taken for twelve thousand dollars. Elderly people who are isolated alone. That's so vile. Right. Um, people who do that to elderly people. That's like the lowest of the low. So this woman, Jen, the grandma, she texted her daughter and best friend, both of whom work at a 9-11 call center. So they alerted the police. They sent the two cops to her house. And so they waited for the guy to show up. So the guy called up and said, can I stop by and get the money? I'll be there in 10 minutes. So then the cops showed up, you know, probably in five minutes. They concocted this plan. And before you knew it, the guy was in police custody. He's going to go to trial uh, February 3rd. I like it. You can read the rest of that story in today's Washington Post. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, I, if I were being scammed, yeah. I want to say that I would be smart enough to like actually think about that, but I, I would just want to avoid it. Well, I'm not good strategy wise. Because she was emboldened, you know, like her daughter and her best friend working in a 9-11 center. I'm sure she heard, you know, stories like this all the time. Right. So it gave her sort of an inside scoop as to what, what to do properly. She's a model for all of us. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just getting called about my car warranty. That's Listen, and I keep getting text messages saying that my next, my Netflix account is past due. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Don't click the link. I don't right? think it is. Everything's upside down. Everything's a scam, isn't it? Let's let's all turn and try to scam the scammers like 73-year-old Jen did. All right. That's the worst. It is the worst. But the uh -huh. best is coming back in the 5 o'clock hour. 
Less than half of Americans can cover a surprise $1,000 expense. We'll talk about that. And also, the systemic realities created by legal abortions. Tish Harrison Warren's... I can never say Tish's name right. Tish Harrison Warren will be with us at 5.15 to talk about her latest in today's New York Times. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Kremlin reportedly very concerned about Washington's decision to put 8,500 U.S. troops on heightened alert because of fears of Russian aggression over Ukraine. While U.S. troops will not be deployed to Ukraine, the idea that they could be sent to countries that are members of NATO close to Russia, if, in the Pentagon's words, situations develop, is a worry for Russia. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Piskov clarified that it does not affect the diplomatic process. That, he said, depended on the U.S.'s written responses to Russia's demands, which include a guarantee that Ukraine will never be able to join NATO and that NATO troops would be removed from Russia's borders. The response is expected later this week. BBC correspondent Corrine Davis in Moscow. The U.S. supply of computer chips have fallen to alarmingly low levels. The Commerce Department says companies that use semiconductors down to uh, less than five days of inventory. This is SRN News. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible. At a time when accuracy matters, accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. We all know healthcare costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. 
Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Two to four inches of snow Thursday evening through Friday afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies and cold with a couple flurries, low 8. Tomorrow, cold with a mix of clouds and sunshine, high 16. Tomorrow night, clear skies and cold with a low of 2. Thursday won't be as cold with increasing clouds and a high of 31. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You know, in your own personal life, you know, with your finances, I mean, there are times, I I think it's true for all of us, right, where you're kind of like skinny as skinny can be, right? I've been there. Uh, No shame about it. It's just, you know, how life is a lot of times. Well, I saw this on the Newswire today, and I think especially... You know, as we're coming out, I'm saying this, you know, optimistically, as we're coming out of the pandemic, that you would think, especially with the amount of money that the government has been, you know, giving to people over these last year and a half or so, that people would have a little bit of savings. But apparently that is not the case. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, this is from uh, CBS Newswire that um, more than half of Americans lack the savings to cover a surprise $1,000 expense. This is from a survey from Bankrate. Fully a third of households households would have to use a credit card to take or to take out a personal loan or borrow money from family or friends to handle such an emergency of just $1,000. Of that number, 20% of the people who were polled indicated they would cover unplanned costs using plastic, a move that many experts advise against given the average interest oh. rates on variable credit cards, Look which topped 16% or so. In all, just 44% of the more than 1,000 adults that were polled by bank rate reported having enough money squirreled away to cover such an expense. The personal finance site found it's actually slightly better, they say, than last year when only 39% could afford to cover a $1,000 hit, such as an unplanned medical or car-related expense. I mean, a thousand bucks, it's still a lot of money, right? A thousand bucks is a lot lot of money. money. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I remember thinking uh, that when I um, went to college, I felt like everything all of a sudden all the five hundred. Wait, wait. And then sorry, I remember you, you when we bought our there. first well, you house. Froze up. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Go back and say that again. Sorry. 
when I was in co- when I was in college, I remember thinking yeah. that all of a sudden it seemed like everything came in multiple of five hundred. You know, it was like, why is everything five hundred dollars or more? Why is it- when I bought a house, I remember thinking everything comes in multiple of thousand. <laughs> Right. You know, it's like, yeah. it's a, it's a really hard wake up mm-hmm. call. It right. really is. I'll tell you one of the things that I am most grateful that my husband and I did when we were young is we got a financial advisor mm-hmm. because neither one of us have any skill or ability in that area. Well, that surprises me. Oh my gosh. It shouldn't. We, we do not have what it takes. So just having somebody that you can ask questions to, right. because for, for financial people and uh, people who work with money, those kinds of uh, ideas, saving, borrowing, investing are so simple. But for the average person, it's very intimidating because you feel like that's a different world. That's for other people. Right. You know, that's for, that's for people who are either smarter than me or more educated than me or who have more money than me. And you don't realize how you, how little you have to have to invest. It's actually a very, it's, it's a, it's a simple thing as long as you have somebody smarter than you. Who's you along. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, we just paid, we just paid, uh, both our kids are back in school. And we just paid uh, for books. Oh, yes. So do we. Wait, here's the scam. So now for a lot of college students, the books are like ebooks. Right. right? But you're, but right. You're but still paying much. the same amount of money. Isn't that ridiculous? So you're getting what? an ebook and why is it still $85? I don't understand. We, literally one of our kids at Penn State, 500 bucks for just this semester for books. And most of them are ebooks. I don't know. I don't understand. You know, that is like a license to print money. Is it? It not? really is. It absolutely is. So expenses like that. I mean, you know, college money. I mean, she's yep. oh man, how expensive college is, and it's like never ending. You know, it it really is. So you just have to think multiple of five hundred or multiple of thousand, and you just have to get ready for it because that's the way know. it is. I mean, seriously, by the time that you're done paying for your kids, I'll be like 90 and I'll have Alzheimer's. So I won't even remember what the heck I spent the money on anyway. Right. I go, what the heck was that all about? (laughs) Maybe, maybe I can remind them. Uh, Your your dad spent all that money on you. I don't know. Guys. It's just, uh. it's a lot. And it just figures into the, you know, we were just talking about the article in the wall street journal on the great resignation. I'm not sure what, what wall street journal that was in maybe yesterday, maybe the day before just how many people there are in America right now who are choosing not to work. Yeah. I mean, it's just, how does it's that an, work? I don't know. And, and so well, if they have, have a thousand to pay, yeah, if they have a thousand dollar expense, what do they do? I, I, I'm, it's going to last not, like a week. I'm not sure the mechanism of how that's working and why so many people are able to, you know, not be employed right now. Well, you know what? I mean, like we said, coming in, you know, the government with uh, the stimulus checks and whatnot, they give away a lot of money to people, especially people who are unemployed. Yeah, but that has that. I mean, that look at that amount of money. It's not like that's going to last you for three years. I don't know. And so, I mean, if you were a single person and you were on unemployment and you were making that extra money and you were banking that money, that would last you a while. I I guess. I guess you're Right? right. I don't know. What about the, you know, um, the family, you know, the, the family finance money that was, you know, for each kid, you got X amount of dollars. Now that's, that's all dried up. That's going away, but people were banking money. They had to be banking money. I don't know. Look, I'm not, as I said, coming in, been there, done that. I know what it's like to scrimp by. I mean, Me too. used to buy tires, you know, used tires for five bucks. I, I bought used good financial investment. I bought used furniture every year until this year. This is the first furniture, the first new furniture I've ever purchased. In my whole life. 
Yeah, that's that's a bit rough. I never did. It, it was fine. I mean, buying used furniture is fine. You just realize that's the that's what you have to do, and then you end up, you know, it becomes kind of fun because it's a chase. Yeah. Um. You know, but it's just every person decides where they're going to be able to spend their money and where they're not. Yeah. And do you ever feel guilty spending money? Yes. Yeah. Do you? Always. Yeah. Christy. Always do. You know. Yes, because I'm broke. <laughs> you are broke. She's You're broke. broke. It is hard, right? Very complex, isn't it? it I mean, you think about people who are born, you know, with a silver spoon in their mouth and they never had to worry about money, kind of thing. That's got to mess you up in some way, a little bit. I mean, struggle is good for the soul. I mean, not lifelong struggle. I mean, that's just crushing the soul. But the idea of, you know, especially when you're younger and you're you're like Christy, you know, you're you're putting, you know, two nickels together. I mean, later on in life, when you finally, you know, got things figured out and you have a, you know, better income flow coming in, it does build character, but boy, while you're going through it, I know it's it really sure hard. a pain in the butt. And yeah. But about then, that. then you talk about like the NCAA name image likeness thing. It's also, it cannot be good to give a 19 year old $800,000. Of course it not. just can't be good. Cause yeah. I remember what it was like to be 18 years old and I couldn't manage $25. I, I couldn't do that at 40. You right. Somebody give me $800,000. You just would disappear for a week. Anyway, we need to step aside. When we come back, Tish Harris and Warren is going to join us. Uh, the systemic realities that are created by a society that has chosen to legalize abortion. We're going to talk about it. She's written about it in the New York Times. She joins us next, the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show, it's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel Tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. Journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. Or call 855-565-5519 to book today. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made 
made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com, promo code is WORD. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Last Friday was the March on Washington, was the celebration, I should say, uh, the uh, recognition of Roe v. Wade. And uh, there was a lot of optimism uh, at the march, apparently, because of the Supreme Court and uh, an expected ruling sometime uh, early this summer about what may be the end of Roe v. Wade. So when it went into effect 49 years ago, it created a new reality for people. And Tish Harrison Warren uh, wrote a piece in the New York Times called The Systematic Realities Created by Legal Abortion. Tish Harrison Warren is a priest in the Anglican Church in North America. She's author of Liturgy of the Ordinary, Sacred Practices in Everyday Life. And uh, Prayer in the Night is her latest for those who work or watch or weep. And Tish, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, Tish, for those of us who have, you know, lived in America for the last 40 years, um, it's we don't know what it's like to, to have a society where abortion isn't a reality or isn't legal. Um, and so it's kind of hard to step back and say, OK, well, now that it's been legal for all these decades, what does it mean? And what has that how has that changed things for us? But that's what you have attempted to do in just a really, really uh, excellent article that you wrote for the Times. Um, and so I guess I want to start with this, Tish. I remember the first time I counseled a woman um, at a local pregnancy care center who had had an abortion and regretted it. And I was way too young to be doing, to be counseling. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I was certainly ill-equipped for that. But um, And so I don't even remember a whole lot about the interchange. But what I remember thinking is that the woman spoke about what her mom wanted and what her boyfriend wanted. There was nothing about what she wanted at the time where she, that she had the abortion. And you brought up that exact same thing in your article today. So let's start there and talk about it. Yeah, I, I tell a story very similar um, to that about uh, I've, I'm a female priest. I'm an Anglican priest. And so I've had a number of women come to me to talk about grieving abortion and their past, regretting abortion. And I just said in the piece, I was struck by um, that these were not women who were describing feeling empowered to make their ideal decision. They, um, and I understand, I want to be clear, this is not everyone's experience of abortion. Um, certainly there's people that, you know, shout your abortion has become a campaign of, of people that say they have no regrets at all. Um, and certainly people kind of self-select to come talk to me when they're grieving, but they often 
don't feel empowered or didn't when they made this decision feel empowered to actually make the decision that was that was best for them at the time. And so the, my piece is really about how both the political right and the political left talk about choice in really oversimplistic ways and in really individualistic ways. So as much as um, pro-choice folks talk about, you know, it's just about sort of women's individual um, choice, and I, and I believe they're genuine in that commitment, the fact is that culture, law, um, economic systems, cultural pressure, um, pressure from partners, uh, sexual partners, uh, and also even our sense of uh, what our duty is to one another, what is our duty is to unborn children, what our duty is to pregnant women, all of that um, shapes the way we think about choice and the way we think about the choices we make. And, and, and so I tell lots of stories in the piece about different ways that ricochets, that some of it is kind of soft cultural stuff, what our culture values and beliefs, some of it is harder um, systemic stuff, like the fact that most universities don't have, the vast majority of universities don't have housing available for women that, that choose to, they don't have on-campus housing available for, for women that choose to keep a, a child and have a child and try to finish school. So we've, we've put up barriers to women who want to make the choice to keep a baby. Mm-hmm. So Tish, in your piece, The Systematic Realities Treated by Legal Abortion, you use the idea of, of recycling as a means of sort of illustrating how we look at abortion in America. Can you go into that and tell us that story? Yeah. This is what I enjoy doing because recycling is a much less controversial issue than abortion. And so it's easier to talk about the point I'm trying to make with recycling. So I, I just say in the piece that recycling, um, you know, I am not that old. I'm, I'm, I'm near 40. But when, um, when I was a kid in Texas, hardly anyone recycled. It was, it was rare for someone to make that choice. What um, changed, of course, was that our culture as a whole began to value um, protecting the environment and saw protecting the planet as a social good, as a moral obligation, as a, as a moral and um, kind of sacred duty. And so because of that, cities started putting systems into place and investing money and effort and manpower into the systems to make recycling easier. So now we have a curbside recycling program in my town and I can just, I I can much more easily recycle. Um, And so now rates of recycling are far higher. Americans are making different choices. But it's not that this, so like one day, magically, everyone started making a different choice. And it's always intrinsically going to be easier to not recycle than recycle, right? So in order to do that harder, more difficult thing, we need cultural encouragement, A, that doing so is a valuable act, is a moral act, is something that is the sacrifice is applauded in our culture. But also that B, there are systems that help make it easier to do that. And so the individual choice to recycle is made easier or harder by what the society 
around an individual values and commits itself to. So I'm not saying that recycling and carrying a child are equally difficult. Obviously, I've had three children. I know that that is a, a much more arduous thing than recycling. I could argue it's a more important thing to protect life. But um, that said, uh, I I think that um, the analogy holds in that um, in order to make it a more difficult choice, we need not free choice, not just saying do whatever you want, but actually the empowerment that comes from um, cultural encouragement to do something more difficult, but also real economic practical systems in place that ease the burden of doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tish, I wonder, it's kind of like the chicken and egg, or maybe it's just a circle, because that whole system has to start with deciding that there's a value, which is what you said at first, right? Is we, we decide that we want to care for the earth. And so therefore, we develop recycling programs, and therefore, we introduce them to the average person like me and you, and then the average person decides, okay, well, Maybe it is important to value the earth, you know, and so you kind of, and and then the cycle starts working. Um, And so when it comes to life, I think that's where it's difficult because I don't think we have the, the value um, that, that life is important. um, And so therefore we don't have the systems in place to support that. And therefore when a woman comes up to a situation where she's in an unexpected pregnancy all of her support system doesn't have that inculcated societally agreed upon value of life. And so they don't see their responsibility to stand with her. You know, like they don't see their responsibility to put the can in the bag and take the bag to the driveway. They don't see that. And so she doesn't get that support. And then therefore she ends up thinking abortion's her only option. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I, so um, two things there, I think, a, I, I do think that's true. I think that um, part of the point of the piece is once life is, um, once the abortion is an option, it inevitably we sort of incentivize that choice in culture. We make it where women feel like, can feel like it's their only option, you know? And so, um, so that I'm kind of trying to outline just the downstream realities that I'm not sure Roe meant to create, but, but it actually has made it more difficult for women who desire to continue with an unexpected pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and it's always going to be cheaper it's always in, in terms of sheer dollars to take care of poverty through abortion than actually uh, enact oh. systems less in poverty or that, or then building on-campus housing for um, undergrads that that has space for children, right? Or that giving you know affordable healthcare for children. That that sort of thing. It's going to be easier to abort, and so there has to be sort of a value for life in that. Now that said, I do want to say I think there can be common ground found with people who are pro-choice. Um, that, that we say, if you are truly pro-choice, if, you, if this truly is about women being able to make their ideal decision, then we need better structures and systems in place that empower women to keep children and to make yes. that yes. Um, that choice. Right. 
And Tish, you know, you, you talk about this in your piece. We're talking about Tish Harrison Warren. She's got an opinion piece in the New York Times, the systematic realities created by legal abortion. When my wife and I, and this is something similar to your story, but when my wife was pregnant with our first child, uh, she developed preeclampsia and uh, had to go into the hospital for bed rest. And they did, you know, sort of uh, uh, testing on the baby and whatnot. Before we knew it, we were sitting in front of a geneticist, you know, who had six diplomas on the wall behind her. And she was telling us, you know, well, genetically, uh, the odds that your baby has Down syndrome are greatly yada, yada. And so we would encourage you to think about, you know, this, you know, perhaps you would like to have an abortion. And we're like, we're not going to have an abortion. This is just how, well, we would go back every few days and they would spin the genetic wheel and the odds would increase, you know, um, you, you, and this is something that was similar in your story as well. So you hear from the medical community as well. The systems are in place from those higher up, you know, talking to you about having an abortion. And so most people would say, yeah, you're probably right. I'll just nod my head and take your advice. Right. Totally. Yes, that's right. And I tell a very similar story with, um, with a pregnancy that we had um, where our son had, had significant um, fetal abnormalities and, and we were strongly encouraged to abort. Our, our son eventually, we ended up, he eventually died in the womb um, of natural causes, but we insisted that we were not going to abort, abort and continuously felt pressure from m- certain members of the, of the medical community. I mean, it, at this point, I was married. I was in my 30s. I, you know, had really thought through what I believed. But if I was younger and single and afraid and didn't didn't have much support at home, and um, that it, it, I do think that doctors kind of pressuring women to to abort is. Um, has real power in changing women's decisions. And, um, and maybe in other words, I think that these decisions are much less individualistic than we think they are. And then outside pressure actually really does affect how, uh, what women ultimately choose to do. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, especially in a society. And I'm not being flip about saying this. I think it's, I think it, it, that words carry weight the term science denier is something nobody wants to be. Um, you know, you, you want to be someone who is, you know, aware and educated and doing the right thing. And so if someone, and so that's, that's a, a cultural value that we have inculcated. And so when someone who is in a, a position of clinical expertise tells you something, you think, well, you know, I majored in communications or I didn't, go to college or I never graduated from high school or, you know, whatever it is. I don't know anything about medicine. Yeah, you're the and, expert. Then, and the next thing you know, you're the expert and I'll just do what you say. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And there's all kinds of information coming out right now that actually, I mean, the New York times did a story about this in the last month that genetic testing is, is actually has been quite inaccurate in the past. So yeah. there's, mm-hmm. there's often when this is, women are, told this and it's wrong but even if it isn't wrong there is a question we must ask of um do we still value and protect the life of those who have um that are sick right that have genetic problems that is this a life worth protecting and um our answer to that question has profound 
cultural and systemic, which is the point of my piece, um, affects. So it's uh, not a philosophical, it's not this kind of in this pristine philosophical environment that we approach this. Our decision about which lives matter end up um, ricocheting through our culture in ways that have profound effects for women, and especially pregnant women. It's such a good piece, really. I mean, I, we've only scratched the surface on it. I want to encourage all our listeners to look in the New York Times. The title of the piece yeah, is The Systemic Realities Created by Legal Abortion. Sorry, Tish, go ahead. Yeah, I said subscribe to my newsletter. I have a newsletter that comes out every week in the New York Times so people can subscribe and, um, and get it. And How do they subscribe, to- Tish? You have to be a subscriber to the New York Times, but you could be just an online, you could be the lowest uh, kind of on a digital subscriber, so it's kind of the most the most inexpensive. And then um, once you subscribe to the Times, you can just um, there's a newsletter page, and you just click a button and it and to subscribe to mine, and then it comes to your inbox every single week. And that was this piece was um, was part of my newsletter. That's good. Well, Tish, thanks an awful lot. You're always thoughtful, and we appreciate your presence here to drive a a conversation a lot deeper than what uh, we would expect. So thank you so much for your time here. Oh, one more thing, Tish, before you leave us. Hey, congrats on the book. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Prayer prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep is Tish's new book. It was named by Christina Today Book of the Year. So we're happy for you, and it was totally expected. So wonderful job. Yeah. Well, thank you. It was a surprise to me and it was, I know it was a surprise to you, but not to the rest of us. <laughs> it was, it was written in your fair city in, in Highland park in, Prince, in right. Pittsburgh. Yay. Very nice. Yay. Yeah. We'll take some claim to that. Tish. We'll take some Yinzer in that. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. right. Well, love you, Tish. It, See you later. To you guys. We miss, I miss you. Yeah. I miss All you right. too. Bye. You know what you could do? You could add on to your house an extra room and fill it with white fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds. Paint waves on the walls. And cute little sand crabs. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. Nice! United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. 
You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. Angels Light Addiction Specialists is a beacon of hope for those struggling with substance use disorder. At Angels Light, recovery begins with the unique dignity and worth of every resident. Their small boutique treatment center approach allows a diverse and experienced staff to focus on putting people first and provide the high quality of structured, comprehensive care necessary to support big life changes. Angels Light Addiction Specialists. For immediate help, click call now on Facebook or visit inpatientaddiction.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn, challenge, and grow, where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers who partner with parents, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Two to four inches of snow Thursday evening through Friday afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies and cold with a couple flurries, low 8. Tomorrow, cold with a mix of clouds and sunshine, high 16. Tomorrow night, clear skies and cold with a low of 2. Thursday won't be as cold with increasing clouds and a high of 31. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. Does this make sense? Is what makes sense? Kiwi. Kiwi? Yeah. Like the fruit, kiwi yep. fruit. Yep. Oh, yeah. Kiwis. I remember like when kiwis first like came to America. Like this was like the you know, late 70s. You buy like a kiwi for 50 cents. Mm-hmm. You cut it in half. And you take a spoon, scoop that out. They were exotic. I like a kiwi. That makes perfect sense to me. What, you got a problem? You don't think they make any sense? Listen, they don't make sense at all. You're cra- that's crazy. Look, that's make weird. perfect sense. I don't, I'm not sure that's food. That's it's, excellent food. It's hairy on the outside. Who cares? Okay, that's the first thing. Then you cut it open, and it's a really weird color. Like, it's like super Beautiful. green. Super Beautiful. green. It is a nice color, but it's super green. And then the seeds are big, right? Which is a no, little no. off-putting. And then you put it in your mouth, and it's like mm. gritty. Delish. No, Delish. it's got a it's got a bad texture. It's got a bad carrying case, and so therefore, I, I say that doesn't make. I don't think that makes sense. Huh. I, honestly, I feel bad for you. All right. I believe the kiwis make perfect sense. Okay. All right. Does this make sense? Cold weather's here. What do you see around the neighborhood? Dogs with booties on. <laughs> Does that make sense? Dog, because whenever you see a dog with like the little booties, the dogs are always kind of freaked out as they're walking. They're like, 
prancing. They don't really know what they're like. Where do I step? How does this? Because they can't feel their paws. Right. Right. So all of a sudden they're like, they're weirded out by them. Now I understand that you know if the salt abrasiveness you know gets in the paws and you know could cause trouble. That makes sense to me. But at the same time, I also feel bad for the dogs because they're like totally like out to sea with the booties. So I'm of two minds. But I'll fall on the other side of the dog booties do not make sense. They don't make sense. John, I'm going to be an advocate for the dog booty today. Oh, I just am because if you were a you know, helpless animal with limited yep. understanding mm. and you walked out in this crazy environment where first yep. of all, it's freezing cold. Mm. And second of all, you have that like acidic thing, stuff sprinkled all over the In your place. paws up in there. And then yeah. it gets in your paws. You get a little itch situation going on. Maybe Can't you, you get just a rash your... that develops. Just rinse them off. I'm just a dog. R- I don't know how to rinse my paws. No, that's the owner's responsibility. Yeah, you get maybe, home. But, but the reason I got the booty is because the owner forgot. Mm. Well, they, now, they remembered now, to buy the booties. On this Tuesday in winter, John, I'm pro-booty. Really? Well, I, it just seems I feel bad for the dogs because they're marching to a beat of a different drummer. 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Spiritual warfare is real and it's dangerous. But this week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie reacquaints us with the protective armor the Lord has given us to fight victoriously. Tune in for the finale of our most requested messages of the year. Insight on spiritual warfare and a study of Noah. This week on A New Beginning. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie. Weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. My son is in the second grade at our local public school. And yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners. I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0.00. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. 
Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. If you're eating M&M's, and really, who doesn't like an M&M? Are you eating preferred plain or peanut M&M? Peanut, thank you for asking. Peanut, peanut M&M. Peanut. Peanut. Yeah, I'm doing peanut myself as well. However, if there's a bowl of M&M's and it's not peanut, you just kind of go, oh, give me, I'm going to have I'm fine with that. You're going to pass them up or are you going to eat them? No, no, I'm going to eat them. All right. Okay, so for years, and I don't know how long this has been, but for years, you know, the uh, advertising agency that, you know, does the advertising for the M&M uh, people has had like, the, you know, characters, right? The M&M, the, the different orange, the brown, the red, the yellow, the green, the blue, they're all specific characters. Now, I did not really pay a whole lot of attention to this, but apparently the green M&M was the, <laughs> I can't believe I'm having this conversation. The green M&M was the, quote, sexy M&M. <laughs> That she wore high heels and it was uh-huh. very much a, a sexy M&M. I did not know this. However, I did see an article to, in today's paper that now the green M&M has a new look. And apparently there is a brouhaha about the lack of sexiness in the new M&M look because the, the, the uh, high heels have been taken off and the signature apparently hand on the M&M hip which I have a hard time believing that Eminem has a hip that has been taken away as well because the people who uh, own Eminem's said that they want to make Eminem's more inclusive. So now there are no, uh, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Eminem's. They are without gender, which is also ridiculous. And uh, apparently people are very upset. Um, I'm reading from an article in today's Wall Street Journal. Uh, green M&M fashion makeover is COVID comfy, but not everybody is happy. Um, I, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Dip, ditching the heels gives green a modern look, says Marissa Beck, senior director of brands and content at Mars. Mars is the company that owns M&Ms. We love this laid back post-COVID world that we live in. Others, though, said the move was meant to water down the green M&M sex appeal quote. She really looks like a different person. Well, because she's not a person, she's a piece of candy said Robin Daryl of Cleveland, who doesn't eat M&Ms, but was surprised by green's new appearance. It was like, this is so silly. Put her back in her shoes. I don't know. It's a piece of candy. So how, how can you be upset? Well, look, here's me. I'm getting upset. I'm getting upset. The people are getting upset. Did you have pay any attention to the sexiness of the green M&M cat? Never. Christy? Never. So this whole thing, does it make any difference to you? No, no, it doesn't make any difference. In fact, it's making me mad. Because in Eminem Mars official announcement, John, and I'm reading here from designboom.com, the company states that the goal of the rebrand is to underscore the importance of self-expression and power of community through storytelling. Now, all I want from the Eminem Mars company is candy. I don't want self-expression or the power of community through storytelling. I don't, why, why does the M&M Mars company and why do so many corporations now 
feel like they have to have some kind of larger purpose for like, if they don't have some kind of social justice train, they can jump on that their company has less value. Yeah. That's the problem with wall street or, or Madison Avenue. I'm sorry. I should say right. The Madison Avenue, which apparently rules all of our lives has now raised the flag of social consciousness so much so that well, we, we've taken candy and made it into something else, and people are, are opining about it like it's like some real-life tragedy or something. Okay, listen to this. The revamp of the six characters doesn't involve radical changes. The shape of the new M&Ms appears to be a bit more refined. Um, Red is now way less of a hot-headed bully and treats his friends with kindness, while Orange has come to terms with his anxiety and is learning to accept his true worried self. Perhaps the most noticeable changes are the ones made to Brown, whose heels are swapped from tall stilettos to low and chunky, and Green, who has ditched her signature go-go boots for a pair of casual trainers. Now, I just have to say, there's nobody in the globe who's ever given like one iota of attention to what the M&Ms are doing, like this person thinks they have. I don't know. Well, I guess if that's your business and that's your life and that's your job on Madison Avenue to bring some sort of, you know, familiarity to the characters, you know, that's important to you. But from Well, I understand that it's important to the person on Madison Avenue. What I'm saying is that the average person on the globe hasn't given one iota a bit of attention to this. Right. I know. Okay. So. When you're watching the tube and I'm not saying you, you, you for the most part don't watch commercials, do you? I try, I try not to because, because I like to watch things on delay so I can fast forward. Right. Okay. So I'm watching the commercials now for uh, my favorite commercials now are the commercials for the uh, insurance company. Progressive. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> they're Where, hilarious. Like, you know, don't be like your parents. I mean, right. th- who's ever created that? That is very imaginative. Yes. I mean, that, that really speaks because if you're, you know, you're a certain age, you kind of go, oh, that's me. I become that. I become my parents. I see myself in that. Right. So let's not do that. Right. So now I'm surprised there isn't a. So is everything going to be so homogenized to the point that, you know, we can't have humor in anything that we talk about? I mean, we're just stripping everything away. Yeah. Is that the case? Is that really what's going to happen? I think that could largely be the case. Um, and unless we, uh, unless you say something about it, I mean, I, I just, there, there, Jonah Goldberg wrote a really good piece about this where he basically is said in a, in a much more erudite way that, than I'm saying now that when we look at corporations, if you're talking about a steel company, what you want from them is good steel, is good steel, right? You don't want them to advocate for a political cause. You want them to make good steel. If I'm going to Rite Aid, I would like for them to be a good drugstore. I don't need for them to have a position on a social issue. And I certainly, when I'm buying my candy, don't want to think about when I'm reaching for the bag of M&Ms. Now I'm thinking about the gray, the the green with the go-go boots. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't think I even want M&Ms because it's too stupid. <laughs> Wait, I'm glad you brought up CVS. Um, I did something. I brought up Rite Aid, but thank you. Oh, okay. Well, one of those two gigantic chains. Now, I'm not sure which chain. It might be Rite Aid. I think years ago, someone said to me at the checkout, you know, would you like to blah, 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 you know, and get a discount? And I was like, sure. So now when I go check out, they say, you know, and I sound like I don't have my little uh, fob. So I just put my phone number in. Well, what I've I've seen, like the last few times I went to the store, I was like, isn't that funny? My, my total is exactly $9. 
or exactly $4. And I said that to my kid and he was like, well, dad, that's because you've given them permission to, you know, to round up. up. Well, I didn't even know I did that. So for years I've been giving this corporation and apparently it's given to a good cause, which I don't even know what that cause is. Right. But you don't, you don't know that it's a good cause. You're trusting them that they've determined it's a good cause. So I've been like, you know, uh, so my, I was spending $3 and six cents and all of a sudden that goes to four bucks. I spent right. 94 cents for some unknown charitable cause. <laughs> I, I don't know. Corporations. My, fav- it's just, just my favorite part of the story is that you just discovered it. Like you didn't think it was like coincidental that every time you went in, you hit the dollar I didn't right on. Pay any attention to it. They always say, would you like your receipt? I could no. Who's am I saving my receipt for? Do you ask for your, do you save your receipts? Yeah. What? And then what do you do with them? It's stupid. I'm not, I'm not claiming that I've, I choose the right way. It's really dumb, but I do it because I feel badly. Like I'm being irresponsible if I don't take it. <laughs> like I'm inviting fraud or something. I like your receipt. I'm like, no, I just want my green M&Ms and I'm going to go home. And that's $4 exactly M&Ms. what you're paying. And I go, I'm not buying M&Ms because it's just, I'm over it. Oh, wait. Now you're going to boycott M&Ms. No, I'm not that's going to help. boycotting. It's just too much there, John. Gosh. Anyway, it's beautiful out. Uh, we're broadcasting from home, and I'm looking outside. The gorgeous light here, and it's close to 6 o'clock. Uh, uh, evening has fallen. Uh, and Chrissy's saying, be quiet and go to commercial, which we'll do now. Are you ready to retire? Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. The stock market goes up and down is beyond your control, but you're at a point in your life where you can't afford to make big financial mistakes. I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Our investment strategy allows you to go up with the stock market, lock in your gains, and when the stock market goes down, your investment won't lose a dime. This works for your investments, savings at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and literally never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly 109 
$39.99 now. Just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com promo code is WORD. MTS stands for Master of Theological Studies, and it's a two-year degree for those who want to just deepen in their theological knowledge. With an MTS degree from RPTS, you can be ready for whatever God calls you to. We have three areas of concentration, biblical counseling, biblical studies, either the Old or the New Testament. You can also do one in doctrinal or historical studies. Learn how to get your Master of Theological Studies degree entirely online at rpts.edu. RPTS. Study under pastors. When cold and flu season has you down, don't play around. Stay on top of your game with Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Delivering unbeatable multi-symptom relief to help you power through your day. Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One and done. Use as directed. This homeownership tip is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency. The number one obstacle to buying a home typically isn't the monthly mortgage payment. It's coming up with the money for the down payment and closing costs. The Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency can help. PHFA offers a small second loan to help meet this need. Learn more on our website at phfa.org. That's phfa.org. PHFA has been helping Pennsylvania home buyers since 1982. John Burley, who was a patient at uh, a long-term rehab facility, was hospitalized, hospitalized right before Thanksgiving and forced to give up his 13-year-old dog, Boomer, to the Rome, New York Humane Society. Uh, Jennifer Smith, who's a registered nurse at the center, was notified by the patient and immediately took action to help. Uh, she said she came into work and uh, she met this new patient and uh, the guy said, I, I-, I think I'm going to be in here for a while. And what about my dog? No, nobody in my family wants to take care of this dog. And so before I came into rehab, I had to take him to the um, Humane Society, and I fear he's going to be gone forever. So this nurse, this rehab nurse said, you know what? I'm going to go and find your dog, and I'm going to take care of him. And that's exactly what she did. So look, this has happened in Thanksgiving. Here it is in January. Uh, Jennifer, the rehab nurse, has been true to her word, taken care of the dog, adopted it herself. And John, the guy who's in rehab, uh, he's still going to be there for several more months, apparently. God bless him. That must be a horrible thing that he's going through to be in rehab all this time. But he knows that his dog, Boomer, is safe. Apparently, Jennifer, the nurse, has uh, scheduled some visits. She brings the dog, Boomer, in to rehab a couple of times a week. They pet and hang out. All the patients uh, see Boomer. And so all is well. It's just uh, Nurses are just a, a fascinating people, aren't they? That they're, you know, they're sort of like, they surrender themselves to so much calamity. We talked about, you know, this many times over the pandemic that these people on the front lines of COVID and whatnot, they're just a cut above. They are different than you. And certainly they're different than me. Me too. And I just certainly appreciate them. Anytime that you're in a hospital or some sort of facility and you see the nurses, especially they're the people who make the facility work. I, I just... A tip of the hat to Jennifer Smith, a rehab nurse in Rome, New York, taking care of Boomer the dog. My dad was in rehab uh, for a large part of the last three months of his life, and I can't even express the debt that we owe to the nurses who took care of him. I mean, seriously, they were so wonderful. They were so uh, they were so sensitive about it and they were funny and they had great optimism and hope and fun. And it was just, I don't know. It's just, 
you run out of superlatives. It's just, they, you know, there are people who see trouble and run away. That's all of us. And there are people like them who see trouble and run right towards it. Yeah. And they take care of you. I mean, anytime you've been in a hospital and you, you know, it's, it's all been a mess and you, you know, don't have control of things. And but thank God for nurses, truly. Thank God for a nurse. That's our show for this evening. Uh, podcast up and running after we leave the air. And uh, as always, we uh, thank you so much for being with us here. Uh, got any plans for this evening, guys? Uh, yeah, it's salmon and sweet potatoes here at the homestead, you guys. Hey, nice. Uh, Christy, what about you? Uh, Taco Tuesday. Woo! Taco Tuesday. Very nice. Fans playing this. I'm going to watch them some pen hockey, right? Okay, great. Because they can. Thanks for being with us. God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.